City of the Beast. Yeah, Michelle read City of the Beast. I read it. Bless you, Dad, Dios, gracias. Yeah. Isabel Allende. Yeah. I read it in Spanish. We read the same book. Yeah. If that wasn't fair, we read the same book. We <laughs> read the same book in different languages. This book was originally published in Spanish. And so I read the English translation because if I read the Spanish translation, like the podcast here, yeah, it would be out until 2017. Um, I do know some Spanish, but not that much and not well. Um, but anyway, so Paige read it in the original language and I read it in English. Yeah, since this is our like, this is, well, this is part of our ongoing commitment today, this books. Yeah, our diverse July. Is that what we're calling it? Yes. Eventually, like, we'll just get better at it, and we'll just integrate it in with our normal reading, but this is to make up for those times when we uh, yeah. weren't doing that. <laughs> yeah, July, all four podcasts that are coming out this July, you already heard two of them, um, but this one and then uh, the next one as well are all books by either authors of color or feature main characters of color. Yeah. So this is written by, let me see if I know, like, um, <laughs> so I'm losing my mind. Anyway, so this is by Isabel Allende, who is a uh, Chilean-American writer, um, born in Chile. Her family is obviously Chilean. Allende, it's, it's Brianna Bell's um, Salvador Allende, so she's like being related to those people. I don't remember how related. She might be more than vaguely related. <laughs> Sorry. I think she might be, but um, yeah. I don't want to go too far down the Chilean history road because I only know so much. I did live in Chile for a short time as an intern and I learned some Chilean history. Mm-hmm. I went to Museo de la Memoria, which is in the game about like the yeah. military coup and like, yeah. all that. That is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horrible museum. I mean, it's like a good museum. Quality like museum. Museum. Awesome museum. Like, yeah, like in Europe, it's had like a concentration camp, but like this museum was like. You know, a similar experience. It was horrible. Um, okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, she is pretty well known for some of her adult books. This is her first, and perhaps her only? I think, I think this is actually part of the series. I think this is the first book in the series. Oh, it definitely is the first book in the series, because they include the last chapter in the end of mine. Oh, okay. Um, but it is her first children's young adult, not adult book. Right. It's, and it shows the young adult book, though I felt it read like a children's book. Yeah. Um, the main characters are 15, uh, I'm actually not sure how old the girl is, but, um, a little bit younger. so, I would definitely classify it as middle grade if I were in charge, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was a little young, it was definitely, like, what I was reading, like, fourth and fifth grade. And I couldn't figure out, and I was, and I kind of was just like, well, I don't know, maybe, uh, sorry, I must make a noise about that um, I couldn't figure out if it was maybe just because there was a male protagonist, and I'm just so used to my way being female protagonist, mm-hmm. because that's what a lot of YA is, YA is, and that's also what I was going to read, and that I felt like I read more children's books with male protagonists than I ever have YA books with male yeah. protagonists. But I did feel like I read more of the children's book, and she's written other YA books after this, like she, um, Maya's Notebook was one that came out like a couple of years ago. I read it. Um, real does that. <laughs> like, does not read like a children's book. As in, like, 
there's like drug addiction in it and like there's a graphic weight scene, uh, which I did not did not know that book was gonna be saying that. Um, cause you guys read it right after like high school. And mm-hmm. we read a lot of like horrible books in English and that was and so I was like, once I graduated high school, I'm never reading another book with a weight scene. Um, and then I read that one because I didn't know. They normally don't have to And it was traumatized. cover. Sometimes, that's what it, I mean. Sometimes it's like, you know, because like, it's been talked about. But yeah, it's part of the story line. Yeah. This came out of nowhere. I mean, I mean, you see it more and more. I mean, eventually you realize what's going to happen. But, but anyway, this one is anyway. Like significant and lighter. Um, it's considered a book for like young readers is what... Like on the author bio, it considers this book, mm. which I would not consider young adult. I consider <laughs> different yeah, categories. So we have to remember what I told them. Whatever. There is shelf giving Yeah, I have a stuff category. Sticker on it from the library. I have a library copy because we don't buy our books. We check them out from the library. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, so the translator, okay, so it's translated by Margaret Sayers. I don't know if that's nice. Yeah, probably. Um, and if the name sounds familiar, it should, because she is a translator of Pedro. Pedro! I'm, like, 99%. Okay, we went to a gringo high school, obviously, with a gringo teacher and our gringo students. <laughs> Ergo, we pronounce this work of um, Mexican literature as Pedro Caramel, but I'm 99% sure that this is not how it's supposed to be pronounced, considering there's an accent over the first A. Is there not? Pedro Caramel, though. Right? I don't remember where the accent was. There was an accent though. Was it the A or the O? I think it was an A. Okay. Pedro? I don't know. Whatever. Never mind. I don't even know why. We've talked about Pedro as, and we've called it Pedro, and we'll continue to call it Pedro a little bit. Um, We've talked about Pedro before as one of like the most confusing books we've ever read. Mm -hmm. And this, so (laughs) just to talk a little bit about our school English. So Pedro. Alternate, so our English teacher Michelle would alternate between Pedro um, and actually another book by Isabel House of Spirit, Allende. Allende. Yeah, so she wrote House of Spirits as well. So, yeah. That's her most famous work. Yeah, House of the Spirit, House of the Spirits is her most favorite work. Right. Maybe it's also her favorite, we don't know. <laughs> we haven't had the opportunity <laughs> to ask her. Um, but yeah, so you might have heard her name from that. It's fairly, it's probably one of the most well-known, um, what is that genre called? I don't know. What are you trying to say? Magical realism? Yeah, magical realism. That's considered to be her, like, style thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so. But like, I don't know how to call this one. Would you call this? I guess sort of. Not really. It's kind of more like an adventure book is where yeah. I would classify it. Like, there was, like, magic Okay, so I'm not even really sure how much to take it as magic. Right, I just seem know. like it's like we there did this to some extent could really be happening. They also like the children do a lot of drugs in this book, so heavy drug use. They did ayahuasca in there. They did what? Ayahuasca? Have you ever heard of ayahuasca? You never know ayahuasca. I watched a whole multiple documentaries on Netflix, and actually one of the religion majors that graduated at the same time as me, um, he did his paper on. This tribe in Brazil. I thought she was gonna say he did ayahuasca, but I don't know. Well, it's unclear if he did ayahuasca. A lot of people do like claim that like they are healed of like addictions and like healed of depression, anxiety. They like they can look inside themselves and like see the bigger picture and also the smallest picture. 
People also claim that putting a stick of grass bed butter in your coffee for every morning is going to help you not only lose like 100 pounds, but just like supercharge your brain. Good luck. I don't know how you do any of that. Anyway, do you want to get to the bottom? What yeah. Have butter with your coffee. I don't know. It's okay. Well, let's. I just have a lot more. of thoughts on ayahuasca, and I'm just like kind of sad that Paige's never really heard of it because now it's just me bringing I don't even know why I would have, though. I heard it about so maybe I mean, I was a religion major, so. And some kids did too, too. So I felt like I'd heard. No, you know what? I had heard about it from one of my professors at college who was like, never do that, guys. Never go out and do that. And this was a guy who, like, it was like how I like figured out my life was I had a really good trip on acid once. So like, <laughs> this guy's not anti-drug, but he <laughs> he was like, you should not go pay someone thousands of dollars to take you into the jungle. Well, yeah, no, to give you drugs. You talked about it in my like Russian orientation class. That sounds like literally the most dangerous thing. Like yeah. someone, someone, someone you don't know. Someone who, like, maybe this, I mean, does this sound like the kind of thing you get licensed to do? This isn't like whitewater rafting where someone well, has to go get a credential, right? Well, what happens is a lot of these, like, guys will go down to Brazil or whatever and, like, meet with the shaman and then come up and they're, like, Americans and they'll come up and then get a, a group of people, but now they've, like, been the now shamans of this. Yeah, that's how that works. Which sounds made of attack. Because as they talked about in this book, giving a shaman is, like, a big deal. It's something that you're trained from, like, birth to jail and, like, and that's pretty is consistent. It, is it even just training though? Like, do you not have to like? Is it just like? It's an it's like innate. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to have some. To be some like quality, like yeah. something to be true. It's like the Dalai Lama, sort of. Not at all, but a little bit. <laughs> we are doing that today. <laughs> I just wanted to say, yeah, that we are doing some reactive drugs. Just say no for now. Neither of our partners here is going to do drugs. And the Amazon, if you're going to do drugs, do them here at home. That's not that. The drugs is going to do that. Um, I just wanted to say, there's like a lot of controversy around Isabel Allende. Okay, so here's the thing. We've talked about this before, and Sean and I are actually not literary scholars. I don't know if you could tell that or not. I don't know if that's apparent. That's not I was I know it was was extremely apparent. Um, But one of the ways in which it's apparent is that, like, I don't really know a lot about is what I mean. I haven't read half of the spirits. I also feel like even if I had read half of the spirits, I still wouldn't be able to weigh in on this discussion. Right. But there's apparently a lot of like controversy around Ayanda and the fact like there's a lot of people, like lit people, serious lit people who think she's just like complete like a total hack. And then like her stuff is horrible. But then there's but she's also she won a lot of rewards. Yeah. And like I don't know, maybe these are like the less prestigious or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. And then actually, people like think she's really good, and it's true. Like, half the experiences was taught in our high school for at least a long time, if not still being taught. I assume it's also quite frequently taught elsewhere. Um, she's considered to be sort of like this sort of she's involved in medical realist. I mean, when you think of who the medical realist authors, it's Garcia has and Allende. So Allende is sort of like kind of positioned as his successor. At the same time, a lot of people really dispute that, obviously, the people who don't like her also think she's, you know, doing a huge disservice to medical realism, to yeah. legacy, or whatever. But I don't know, I don't know enough about her or her work to be able to, like, understand it to the position. I saw when I was in Chile, so one of the Professor Emeritus's, Emerita, whatever, Professor Emerita, mm-hmm. one of them, um, t- 
took me out for lunch one day, and I don't know. I don't know. Stop talking about this I think we're talking about like I think she was also saying like what Chilean works I had read, which surprisingly, no, no, um, Pablo Neruda. That's and that that Dorfman play, uh, Death in the Maiden. I mean, I read some Pablo Neruda. I read it in Spanish. It's that's horrible. Um, also, great scenes that's what the whole thing's about. Um, anyway, okay. Let's <laughs> about it. Oh, and this professor who, like, is a scholar of literature mm-hmm. and is Chilean, so knows a lot about Chilean literature specifically, obviously, but she actually wrote her PhD in like, American Lit or whatever, but whatever. Whatever, she's still, um, like, she knows that more familiar than us. She knows stuff. And she, like, was not a fan of my day. But, like, again, I didn't have enough knowledge to follow this conversation. And she like said something like, no one's even sure if she even like writes her own stuff. Like she made it sound like someone else writes her books and she has published about her name. Who knows? I don't know. Interesting. How's the spirit system? Was only a letter she was writing her grandpa. Like based, like strong, that's how it started and she mm-hmm. like evolved it into a novel. Oh. Which like, knowing what I know about House of Spirits, I don't understand how that was ever a letter. <laughs> like what are you writing to your grandma? <laughs> I don't Anyway, so... Okay, let's start on thought. That's fine. Okay. Let's start with the book. So this book centered around, like we said, 400 years ago at the beginning of this podcast. This turns out we're... Do we actually say this? I think so. So we were introduced to Alex, who's our our main character. So he was called Alexander the entire time in my copy. His name is Alexander, and they, like, reference the fact that his name is Alexander in my book, because it's important later, because Kate talks about why Kate being his grandma talks about why she decided to name him that, because his grandma got to name him because of a coin toss or something, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but he goes by Alex in the English version. But we are introduced to Alex and his family, and we find out that his mom is, like, very ill with cancer. with like, late-stage cancer. Yeah, so um, this book opens on a very, like, dark, depressing note, which I didn't think was going to happen, and then I was, like, upset about because uh, we've already talked about my mom, which is kind of sad. <laughs> so anyway, starts out pretty quickly. Um, also... As we talked about, this is part of our, like, diverse July. Like, it's one of the books we're reading um, in, like, honor of diversity. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Because we want to read more diverse books in my That's why we're reading We were trying to read books that weren't just about white people. Guess what this book is about? Oh, wait. <laughs> so, um, very similar to, like, A Fierce and Subtle Poison, where we thought this book was about a Latin American girl. And we found that it's narrated by a white boy. Um, but this book is in third this person. This is very similar. It's quite similar. In the fact that it's about a white American boy. But it's a white boy, yeah. And then, like, the person he, like, he's, like, I don't know, like, the girl that he meets and helps him on his adventures is half it's biracial. Yeah. Yeah. Half white and then half whatever the indigenous people. No, but she's not indigenous. Maya was half indigenous, isn't she? Her father's one. Her father's one indigenous. I thought her father was white and her mother was an indigenous. Her father's name is like Cesar Santos. Her mother went back to Canada because her mother got sick. Oh. So I assume the mother was a white woman from oh, Canada. Bye. But her father, Cesar, is okay. Brazilian. Okay, yeah, never mind. But anyway, biracial. Um, anyway, but it's an author of color, which is important. I was actually read, don't you love this? Um, Sonia, I'm going to try her last name again, but she was one of the authors of, um... Sona. 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 
chiropractor because I can't always say chiropractor, but we know it's not. But she was one of the authors of Tiny Pretty Things, Pretty Things, which now Shiny Broken Things has come out, and the two titles keep pushing themselves together in my head. I've seen them all over Twitter. Tiny, tiny, pretty broken things. <laughs> um, but she wrote a, like it was not that long, but a, like a brief essay about um, why a lot of authors of color don't write characters of color. That was really interesting. Yeah, about uh, and why because she's Indian and why none of the characters in her book were Indian. She had um, the closest would be, would have been June, um, and she talks about that. Who's um, also of Asian descent, but. Uh, Korean. Korean, yeah, not not Indian. Um, and she talked about kind of the inauthenticity of having characters and colors in certain situations, huh? and how she felt like it um, wasn't uh, like having an Indian girl in this ballet school wouldn't have been authentic to the experience of ballet school that Danielle, the other author, had kind of seen, and that was definitely um, that was very common. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she thought that was interesting. And then she also talked about the importance of authors of color writing characters of color and like, like writing in their own voices. Yeah, that's really interesting. You might see it on Twitter this week. <laughs> but yeah. So again, another white boy. Um, so we got to him. We found out about his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty shortly, it his mother's not getting better, and so they're gonna they live in California currently. They're gonna send his mother to a treatment program in Texas. Him and or his mother and his father are going to go to Texas to do her treatment program. They don't want to bring all the kids with them. So he is Alex's two sisters. His sisters are going to their, like, grandmother they like. <laughs> yeah. Um, the same one. Yeah, the normal one. Um, they get to call grandma. And then um, Alex is going to stay with his other grandmother, who goes by Kate and, like, doesn't let the kids call her grandma. It's crazy. But, but okay, so this is the thing Alexander, because I'm Alexander, <laughs> Um, he refers to his parents by their first names all the time. And maybe it's just because it's his third person narrator. Yeah. But it never says, like, Alexander's mom, Alexander's dad. It always says John Cold. <laughs> Gives a full name everything. John Cold and whatever his mom's name is. Mom Cold. So their last name is Cold, but okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't. I, there was never any explanation. There was an explanation for why the grandmother was called Kate. Yeah, never any explanation for why the parents went by their first names. Don't call by the Yeah. So his grandmother lives in New York and is a photographer slash reporter. No, she's a writer. She's a writer from National International Geographic, <laughs> which made me laugh every time I read it because it's clearly like a pseudonym for National Geographic. Which I don't know why they couldn't have just gone with, but whatever. It was International Geographic. Um, so she so he flies out there to New York. There's this big drama where he like talks to someone when he's like, because his grandmother's a pig from the airport. His grandmother is like not what you could consider a responsible adult. I mean, she's very responsible as like herself. She's just not caring. Like, but she doesn't maternal. She has no maternal instincts. It's not that she's not maternal. It's that she just like doesn't. Because like I feel like you don't have to be maternal to be like I need to pick up the child at the airport. Well, it was like and not let him just make his way to my house. I guess supposedly it was supposed to be like a test, but she didn't tell him, and so then he like waits around at the airport for a bunch of hours. I don't think this is responsible. I don't think this is appropriate. I don't think you should like. I don't think this is a, like um, free range grandparenting. <laughs> I think this is 
not responsible. Yeah. As someone in charge of children. Anyway. So obviously because literally anything could happen. So anyway, he's fifteen. Okay, I don't know if you that. But so we went to the airport for a couple hours. He didn't get picked up, and then this girl named Morgana starts talking to him as he's kinda he's like decided he's gonna take a bus because clearly his grandma's not gonna get him. Um and she helps him like get on the right bus and like is overly nice and like if you see taken, you like know that you shouldn't talk to people in line for like the bus or the cab or like tell them where you're staying. Um Unlike Taken, he doesn't get sold into, like, prostitution, but um, Morgana does steal all of his stuff except his passport, which happens in his pocket. So he doesn't have any things, including his flute. I don't think we talked about that, but he's, like, a big flute player. Mm-hmm. He, like, likes it a lot. And his grandpa was, like, a very famous flautist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, so he gets to his grandma's house, and he's like, Grandma, all my stuff stolen. He's, like, like, basically, like, almost frozen, because he's been out for hours. This is winter. winter. Was wandering New York City, has to walk to his grandmother's place. Has never been to New York City, doesn't know how to navigate New York City. This is, this and is, he doesn't have very much money because he didn't know he was gonna have to be. Like he's not gonna play airport food because his parents didn't know he was gonna have to like fend for himself. Right, so he doesn't have a, like enough like a cab. Yeah, this is this is fun. Anyway, so. He gets to his grandma's, his grandma's house, and his grandma's like, here's the thing, we're going to the Amazon, it's fine, you don't have stuff, here's your grandma's blue. She's like, I wasn't going to give it to you until you showed that you had some talent, but I guess now it's a good enough time. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then they leave the Amazon. Yeah, so then, okay, so they're all sent on this International Geographic, uh, on assignment for International Geographic. Um, and so it's uh, Kate, who is our grandma's grandmother, who is the writer, She's going on with, there's going to be a couple of photographers, there's going to be some, like, local, um, guides, there's going to be some, like, soldiery guard people, some people involved in local politics, all these people that are involved are going to be a doctor to, as part of, to help vaccinate, um, the Indian population because, um, people with no resistance in their immune system to diseases they've never experienced, they tend to die from them, uh, really quickly, mm-hmm. um, and, and they bring along a couple um, local like guys. Guys, that's what I said. Yeah, but they're local. They're from like tribes that they're not like trying. What are like, you trying to say? Less cities, more. They're like these outposts where they have interactions with people that pass through, but they're not like people that live in major cities. So they're still like sort of tribal, like more indigenous than other people. These are people who are members of tribes, and then. Sort of because they got to this line of work, I think. Yeah. Became guys. They kind of, in some way, they're between these two worlds. Yeah. And they can't really go back to their tribe because they've sort of left to do this. That's what I meant. I just wanted <laughs> to be clear that there were some people that were like of indigenous like, origins, not just like guides, white people. Like, yeah. Guides that are from this area. So they're taking a couple boats down the Amazon to an area where, oh, we can tell you where they're going on this expedition. Well, they're going to have this, yeah, they've heard tell of a beast, which I think it was a passed off as like a yeti-like creature. Yeah. I'm also like, I'm still trying to figure out how many like details I may have missed from reading in Spanish. I'm like, I seem to be fine right now. Yeah, probably just as good. But I mean, who knows? Um, so that's the idea. They're going to go find it. They're going to go take some of the rest. I don't know why anyone believes this is credible, but that's just me on this subject, I guess. Um, but they're going to Amazon. They're in a really dangerous place. So Kate Cold is the kind of person who not only, like, 
doesn't pick up children from the airport and expects them to make their way from like, I don't know, LaGuardia. Like, okay, here's the thing also, like, I don't know what airport he's going to in New York, but LaGuardia is not connected by public transportation to like anywhere. Anyway, so, so like JFK, yeah. like fine, you can get on the train. But LaGuardia, like I was like, super and I randomly parked my car somewhere in Queens and did I walk to the airport Yeah, I crossed the street and walked and I just like randomly parked my car at like some like random hotel in Queens that like offered long term parking to the road next to the airport. It was bizarre. This is not a weird situation, it's a weird fit. <laughs> I don't even know what he's just talking about. Like, I don't even know what trip pages are doing. When I had to fly back to my room at Um So I had to, like, leave quickly mm-hmm. and cheaply, so I had to fly out of... I had to fly in Frontier out of LaGuardia, so the worst airline was the worst airport. Okay. <laughs> it was a nice thing. Um, what was my point of the story? Oh, yeah, like, kids can't find their way from LaGuardia. <laughs> anyway, she's not only the kind of person who thinks it's fine to leave kids stranded at airports. She's also the kind of person who's just fine to take kids on an extremely risky expedition from freaking Amazon jungle. Yeah. It seems like his parents really have no idea what that is. The liability in this story is like off the charts. And since my job is like risk management, I have a problem with this. Right, her page is not making always fun enough last time I that. I'm just going to say that my job is risk management. But anyway. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And some of the, like, people on the trip kind of point out that it's weird that there's kids going. Because also one of the... Just some of them are like, kids aren't coming because this is dangerous. Of, uh, what's his name? I don't know. Who are you talking about? Nadia's dad. Cesar Santos. Who is he? Nadia's dad. I know, but why is he coming on the trip? Like, what's his role in the expedition? I think he's, like, legit the person who knows what's going on. I think he's, like, the official guide. Yeah, like he's the leader of the expedition. Yeah, I can hear. So his daughter's coming too, and his daughter's maybe like a year younger than Alex. She becomes a major gift to him. Yeah, Twelve or fifteen. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and she's a pet monkey, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That like sits on her shoulder all the time. Um, and she like has grown up in the Amazon because he, like, her father leads these expeditions sort of all the time. And so she's able to speak a lot of the tribal languages and has a shaman man friend. Yeah. Named Wally May or something like that. My. My. We don't know. Um, so, yeah. Yes, yeah, so she's like kind of helpful. She has some skills that other people don't have. But don't you think kids belongs to seem like a bad idea? Um, anyway, so they're going down the river. They have to like catch fish and eat them. So. Alexander is like basically starving because he refuses to eat fish. He really refuses to eat like any of the meat. Yeah, leeches are eating this beetle for the time. Um, that's unfortunate. I think it's like really miserable. Yeah, I imagine it would be. Like on one hand, I like think it'd be like super cool. I'm sure like the scientists that like live in the Amazon and like pitch their tents in like the trees, you know, at the very top. Mm-hmm. Sounds awesome. I've always wanted to do that. On the other hand, I know I would. Uh, I, that's not the place for me. Yeah, we talked about cool. my um, horror of snakes and like I would love to make it. In Speaking fact, snakes, <laughs> um, one of the, not one of the guys, but one of the guys, the photographer, um, one of the photographers on the trip is, gets um, crushed by an anaconda. <laughs> yeah. He's on the boat's back with him because he breaks all his ribs. Yeah, so like they get a little bit down the river and like immediately like shit starts to go down. Like they've like, Pulled off to the side of the river, I guess, and like are camping on the shoreline. 
and there's water around, and people like go in the water to like bathe, slash swim. At one point, I like they're gonna swim with the dolphin, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Are there really dolphins in the Amazon River? There's pink river dolphins. I know that. Pink river dolphins eat piranhas. What? So that seems like maybe the kind of dolphin that um, they don't have at like Atlantis or wherever they swim with dolphins. Yeah. Which is actually um, cool to dolphins. I watched It's like blackfish, yeah. Yeah, the cove with blackfish is a blackfish. That's true. We have the, the cove came to our campus and um, the director, producer name, someone, I don't know, he gave a talk on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go to that screen, <laughs> just And a bunch of people tried to get me to go because, like, I had a lot of friends that, like, put on, I don't know what club, but, like, hosted it. Whatever, I was busy in college, I didn't have time to go see the club. <laughs> well, like, a Thursday night. Um, you know. Anyway, so, yeah. So, then so they like, send him the bottom. He gets crushed by something in a this is horrifying to me. I can't even read about snakes without having to like pull my feet up onto the chair so that they don't get. I like what made a note. So our notes have gotten I'm really done here, guys. Time. <laughs> I do have a note on my notes that says I'm sure Paige is loving all these snakes. Like I, sarcastically, obviously. Like can't handle it. Um, um, my reaction to snakes is the same reaction that drowning people have when they drown. You know how drowning people will try and like. Like climb on top of a rescuer, like and like pull the rescuer down. Yeah, that's my reaction to snakes. My reaction to snakes is to climb on top of the person next to me, get as far away from the snake as I can by like getting like vertical distance and putting another person's body mm-hmm. in between myself and the snake. Um, if I have no like no doubts that if I am walking with someone else and coming across a snake at some point, that I will just climb on top of them. Yeah, me either. Because um, that is my instinctive reaction. Um, and I'm not taking a, a rattlesnake, I'm taking a butter bird snake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <all> snake. <laughs> so they send one boat back, so now they're just left with one boat. They continue down the river. Um, and they then don't even continue down the river. Yes, they do. I said after the anaconda, they had they stayed in place, because what's his name oh, is fucking yeah. crushed ribs, and they never get any farther than that because then more shit goes down. Because then the Indians are also blowing at them with blow darts, and they kill one of the guys. Whoops. Uh, so yeah, now they're on the shore, and now they're camped, and um, someone gets killed the first night they're there, and is like cut open, and they're like, that's kind of the beast. Yeah, so this beast that looking um, So things start getting really sketchy, and then after like night one, and when someone gets cut open the next night, two of the like um, indigenous guides take the other boat in peace. They're like, <laughs> they go back down the river, and they're like, okay, it's fine, because the helicopter will be here for us soon. But unfortunately, um, Alex and Nadia get kidnapped by this tribe, the one that blow-darted the one guy. Um, yeah, so this part was, like, a little confusing to me. Okay, so Alex, Alexander and Nadia, like, like they go out. So Nadia, I mean, Nadia's Nadia. She has a shaman friend who she's been, like, secretly meeting with anyway. So she's... Who has an invisible wife? The shaman man has an invisible wife. Well, she's visible if you are... Believe in your heart. It's like yeah, Santa. Yeah, she's heart. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> like the Polar Express, which is like a creepy movie. Is the Polar Express real? It is kind of cool. Yeah, but like, it's like the bell where you have to like believe in Santa for a ring. You have to believe in his wife in your heart for her to appear young. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. Don't worry. I guess I have the Polar Express instead of now in school, so I have to say I don't know. You really love yeah. Christmas at my house and believe in a lot of Christmas fiction. Being tossed around like from Thanksgiving until New Year, so. Okay. I yeah. Polar Express probably last year. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, so, like, Nadia is all about wandering off into, like, the dark mist to, like, mm-hmm. commune with the spirits. Because that's, like, her jam. But, <laughs> then, like, I don't remember, the, the night before, I think, they get kidnapped or whatever, they wander off into the mist, and he's like, come along with me, or something. Yeah. And they see, and, like, all of a sudden, like, these Indians, which is how they're turned in the book. Yeah. Um, Both in English and in Spanish. Yeah. Um, just, like, are suddenly surrounded. They, like, they talk about them as if they're, like, invisible, and they just suddenly, like, appear, and, mm-hmm. like, and they're just, like, sort of, which would be how it would be, like, again. Yeah. Another thing is that my hair is couldn't stand up, too. Um, yeah, I would die. Sometimes I, like, sometimes I read about these, situ- like, in books or in movies, and I'm just saying, I would literally just die from, like, anxiety. I watched The Purge with my sister, like, a week ago, and I was, like, what's wrong with you? And, the, like, the movie was fine itself because it was about these people, like, in the inner city room. It was the second one. Don't tell me. They were just, like, running around from people that are trying to get on there. I mean, you could gather up from the plot. Like, a trailer. Um, yeah, there's a lot of masks, which I'm, like, very scared of masks. But I was just, like, if the purge was real, like, I would need to get, like, a Valium prescription and, like, just, like, sit in my closet all night because otherwise I would just, like, have cardiac arrest from just, like, anxiety. And, like, we live in the burbs. Like, honestly, if the purge happened, like, not much would happen. Why are you talking about this? The purge isn't real gauge. I don't know why you're freaking out. Um, but, yeah, that would just die. Like, I would just keel over and die if the parents were real. Um, unless I was, like, highly drugged. Um, but my family has agreed to get me a prescription for Valium if the parents were real. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I felt a similar sort of sen- sentiment when reading this book, where I would just, I was like, I would just die. Like, when I'm not eating anything, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, the food situation is, like, not great. Which, I don't have a problem eating fish or deer, I can be a deer at some point. Yeah. I'm okay with, like, weird meat. Fine with meat. But I get... I don't eat seafood one. I don't eat anything that lives in the water. <laughs> so fish would be out. Um, and I also get, like, really, like, ang- anxious about, like, cooking temperatures in meat. Like, we had pork for dinner tonight, and I was, like, very concerned that my pork was undercooked. Even though, like, we definitely, like, had a thermometer in it, and, like, it got to the proper temperature. Like... It's not like my parents just, like, guessed, and it was, like, pink and cold in the middle, but I just didn't, like, have some anxieties about, like, meat cooking for honest, so I think I'd be a little stressed about that. And when I get really stressed out, and I'm in, like, new situations, I have a hard time just, like, eating mm-hmm. anything, because I'm just, like, I don't know what this is, I'm not familiar with this body. So I think I probably might, I might have died from that. Yeah, if I mean, eat or drink. That would be the stress problem. My problem is I don't even eat fruit, so, like... And then they do eat like the pineapple or whatever. Do they have pineapple? They did later. They did. Yeah. So the first time you could really eat was when they had pineapple. I don't remember when they had it. I guess anyway, like the chili smell. They get kidnapped by these people. We're just gonna. Well, because the first time. Okay, this is a weird thing. Weird thing. The first time they go out there, they see. They like. Nadia is just, Nadia is being Nadia when she just sort of like some intentionally leaving mm-hmm. that the woods because she thinks it's cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they like see them and they just like stand there and there's no interaction. And then these people disappear again. And I'm like, okay, awesome. And I think this is awesome. But anyway, the next the second night they do it again and this time they get kidnapped by these people. They calmed on the head and get that too. Yeah. And they have an anthropologist with them on their expedition and the anthropologist has continually been like, these people just like eat people. These people are crazy. And everyone else on the expedition is like, no, that's not at all what happens. And he's like, I'm an anthropologist. I'm, like, very well known, so I think you should listen to me. I mean, it really sounds like he's just making stuff up. Um, it, he, like, reminded me a lot of, um, I don't know his name, from Harry Potter, second one. 
Gilmore. Yeah. You're reminding me a lot of that. Where, like, a lot of gravitas, but, like, not a lot of, like, anything behind it, obviously. Yeah. Um, very similar characters, in my opinion. Anyway. Only Gilderoy Lockhart is a very jovial, and this guy did not seem very cool. This guy cranky. Um, but very pretentious. And, like, like, wouldn't also help with anything. He would be like, I'm testosterone fueled. Yeah. He hired someone to fan him. And then legit no skills. Yeah. Yeah, he legitimately hired someone to fan him and carry his backpack. So that was cool. Uh, (laughs) They get kidnapped. They have to climb up the waterfall. Nadia is really scared of heights. I would be scared um, of falling down the freaking Alex is it because he mountain climber and he's cal- climbed El Capitan before. Yeah. Which he brings up all the time and I'm like, stop riding. Uh, <laughs> not that I've ever wanted to climb that, but um, he made me drop to that mountain a lot. So anyway, they climb to the top and at some point they've discovered that like, I'm not dead. Never mind. They talk about their like spirit animals. I don't know if they've quite discovered that. Well, Alex has. Alex discovers his totem animal. Totem animal. What's that? What do they call him? Spirit animal? Totem yeah, totem. Animal. They call totem animal. animal. It's a jaguar, but that's before they even get on the river. So you see the cage jaguar. And he basically, like, well, this was unclear to me. Does he become a jaguar? In his mind. Okay. I don't think he ever really becomes a jaguar. Yeah. So they, like, channel that and they get up the mountain and they save the chief, but they don't really save the chief because he has internal bruising and dies later. They do Anyway, they wind up going to this tribe, the people of the mist that live on top of this waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, like, join the tribe. Is that they're totally why the tribe kidnapped them? That part was never clear to me. It was never clear to me either. Um, cause it seemed like... This is the part where I stopped becoming clear on what's going on in life. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unclear. <laughs> so... So we'll just get to sum up real fast, and if you're not clear in it, well, it's just crazy. So yeah, they wind up living with the tribe, they wind up doing ayahuasca with the tribe, they wind up... There's a lot of drugs. Alex does a ceremonial stuff. Alex does a ceremony to become a man. But Nani doesn't doesn't have to do a ceremony because girls just get their periods, and then... Yeah. When you have to bleed every month for the rest of your life. You don't have to do a coming-of-age ceremony, which is nice of them. Yeah. Whatever, all that shit goes down, and the whole point of this is because... I literally have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, the, I just can't oh, well, the chief dies, and so they have to elect a new chief, and they elect his wife. But the wife is like, we're going to have like a panel of chiefs. Oh, Again, it's still unclear why they kidnapped these people, because none of these problems would have happened unless they had climbed the waterfall. Yeah, it's never clear what they wanted the kids for, why they took them. Because later they have to solve a problem, but the problem is created because the kids are there. Yeah, there's never, there should, seems like there should be an original impulse for taking the kids, besides this like... Whatever they're here, okay. let's take them. Yeah. They seem like cool kids, let's take them. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah. So then Jaguar and Eagle, Nadia finds out that her totem animal and Eagle are like part of the council to like save the tribe. Because it turns out when you kidnap kids, then their family's going to come looking, well, not their family, Kate and um, Nadia's dad, whose name I always forget. And, yeah. <laughs> um, because the helicopter is coming to rescue the expedition, and so now they're going to take a helicopter and try to find them. But um, I thought the whole point this whole time was like, uh, like the whole, once they started the expedition, I thought the whole like idea behind this was like, you know, if shit goes wrong, like we're screwed. Like if you can't get, you know, like you have the river to navigate by, but if someone has to hike in to find you, they're never going to do it. Right, why don't and they like, just... And the helicopter, we can't see a damn thing. Why don't they just so, take like, the helicopter and the what? 
that's well, that was what I was confused like, what was in the helicopter for? And I was like, but you just said, I thought we'd been saying the whole book that helicopters were useless. Because it's so dense, you can't yeah. see anything, and then if you could, you couldn't land the damn thing. But I don't understand. The people on the, on the mist live like in a big clearing on top of this waterfall, but it's never really been discovered by like white men. Um, white man as like an entity of colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> but when you kidnap kids, the helicopters are going to come looking for them, and they're going to find this clearing and, like, find this tribe because they're going to be searching this area of the, the Amazon. Also, when the chief dies, um, they cremate him in a big funeral pyre, and guess what that looks like? It's a huge freaking smoke signal. So now they have to, like, save... Now the kids are in charge of saving them from this, <laughs> this like, but certainty that's coming of the helicopter landing and white people, like, taking over these people's culture. Yeah, and, like, Nadia's shaman friend, like, shows up and, like... From, this, like, which magic... Well, magically, because they were, like, two days down the river, so... Don't know how he got there in, like, ten minutes, but whatever. Yeah, I... I, I don't know what's going on. Like, part of me might just be confused because I read it in Spanish when I was skimming it. Like, I started it on, like, at, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. It was, like, pretty long. It's and I don't read it as fast in Spanish as I do in English. I've gotten better, and, like, this is a... Easier book, so like, like when I was in Spain, I read Discovery Witches in Spanish. Mm-hmm. That's a spooky reading for David Kuka. And that's how they're good. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. And I don't remember, I didn't like block it. Oh, it took me to read a chapter. But I remember it being like, oh, I'll read like a chapter or two. Like, I think I, read, I, think I read two chapters because I wanted to read two, not one. Like every night. And I remember. I was up pretty frickin' late reading yeah. it, because it just took me a long time to read it. Also, because I was looking at every single word that I wasn't even, like, that I wasn't 90% sure of. Um, so then it took me a long time to do that. This is definitely quicker, but it still takes me a little bit. And I, and, you know, yeah, I'm always just like, no. Like, maybe I missed it. I can't no. know in this case if maybe I missed it, or if it's just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it didn't really make a ton of sense to me. Because I felt like the problem that the ki- these kids had to solve was caused by them being kidnapped. I at this point I'm just along for the ride. I'm just reading the words on the page. Right, and like I didn't really think too much about it while I was reading until I was done. And I was like, wait, that problem was created by the fact you kidnapped these kids. But anyway, so the kids are sent on a mission to the gods. But why are they telling this mission? Is it to save the tribe? Yeah. But the, whatever. Okay. Because they had a vision. They had a vision that eagle was going to go to the highest mountain, so eagle oh. is Nadia. And get the three eggs of the gods. Yeah, yeah. And then Alex is like, oh, I heard that you have, like, the water of life or whatever. And I would like that. So he's also going in for that. And they're like, well, whatever. Um, so the shaman man, Wally May, takes them to this, the, the mountain where the gods live. And they have to go through, like, a maze to get in there. And then they get in. And guess who the gods are? They're the beasts. These weird yetis aren't spiders like sloths. They're giant sloths. That was that sort of speak the tribe the same language as the people from Mist. Which Alex and Nadia can both understand if they listen with their hearts. So Nadia understands because Nadia even knows. Nadia understands a lot of the tribal languages and it's similar. It's like a different dialect, obviously, but it's similar enough where she can understand. Yeah. Um, but Alex can understand too because he listens with his heart. Alex is just really, you know, quick up the immersion <laughs> of languages. Um, so anyway, they meet the the beasts. Who are giant sloths, and they're like, oh, they probably just live a long time because they're really, really slow. Well, see, that's the thing when you brought up is this considered magical realism. I guess I say no, because it, 
Magical realism, I think it is just like magical stuff that's been happening during normal long time. Right. Here it's pointed out that, hey, this is weird. So that's one strike. But yeah. then I, it was also because they really kind of tried to explain it. They're like, oh, they just have a really slow metabolism. Is that what happens? You have a slow metabolism? I don't think slaws. Because like, they're really, like, I really just picture them as like giant slaws. And I don't think slaws live like... I as a freaking yeti. I don't think slaws live like an extra long time. Compared to other animals out there, like, similar, like, compared to, like, a lemur or something? I have no idea, but I feel like that's not how that works. I'm going to look You have a slow metabolism that's related to your life expectancy? That sounds like when people are trying to, like, rationalize vampires and, like, how much blood they need to eat to, like, stay alive. That sounds like the same logic. Well, it's, this was pretty much the logic that was used, right? Because when they passed through this labyrinth in the mountain, there was a freaking dragon. Yeah. And they literally came across, like, what, a giant vampire bat, an albino bat? Not yet. Not until they get to the bottom of the earth. The point is, there's these... Yeah, sloths live about 20 to 30 years, which there's I feel like is, like, not that well, quasi-ish, there's all these mythical creatures, but it's passed off as, like, oh, this place is completely undeveloped, um, there's no contact with modernity, therefore they haven't been, like, hunted or killed to extinction or whatever, and they, like, slow to live a long time. Yeah, Alina lives 20 years, so a little less, but approximately the same time. Um, I don't think he's trying to something different, but that was to discuss the hypothesis that sloths live longer than lemurs, which was... Proved to be slightly true, but not true enough to it validate it. Very significant, <laughs> right? Anyway, so yeah, that's this is like untouched by history in a way. Yeah, this like God so, land, which and they have a weird relationship where in which the people of the mist consider the beasts these sloth people um, gods, but the sloth people consider the people of the mist gods because they just move at such such different paces that like one. The sloth people wanted up, like, keeping the history of the people of the mist alive by, like, living for free and ever. But the sloth people are also, like, kind of amazed by the speed in which the people of the mist are able to do things. Yeah. And so they, like, become gods for one another. And the sloth people get to live in the cool land, so I don't know how much... Whatever. Anyway, so the sloth people... This is weird. This is... This is the weirdest part. I was, like, this... I was, like... Maybe I'm not Iowa's <laughs> So that's sort of felt like. Um, so the sloth people are like, cool, here's your mission. You're going to go, Alex, go get the water of life. You have to go to the lowest point on Earth, which is through this cave. And not yet. If you want the three eggs of whatever, whatever. that you saw on a vision, you, <laughs> you have to go to the highest point mountain. of the mountain, which Nadia's scared of heights. So stressful. Fine, she makes it up there because she's an eagle. She's an eagle. Um, Alex also makes it to the water of life. He passes that giant albino bat we talked about. And both of them have to leave something. So Nadia has to leave. She has a talisman that connects her to the shaman. And it's Alex, just a protector from anything. Also a protection. And then Alex has to leave his flute. But they, that's how the world works. You have to, like, there's nothing, you can't take anything without getting something in return. So, yeah. and they both get those things. They're able to leave with the three, these, they're like big, clear eggs. That look like kind of like glass, and then this like water of life, which just looks like water. And so they leave. They have to get like their memory wiped once they leave, not of their experience, but just of like the way there. Mm-hmm. Today we use a blindfold for that. Yeah, <laughs> but here you can use they a blindfold. Leave. And then when they get back to the tribe, the expedition has already gotten in the helicopter. Right. Even though I swear they said earlier that it wasn't feasible for a helicopter to either 
Um, like, really see to be able to navigate this part of the Amazon or land. But, whatever. Okay. Right. That's fine. That's fine. Um, right. and so now, but they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, NBD. And the doctor, like, the whole time has wanted to, like, inoculate this tribe. Or any tribe, two times across. Uh, and so she's like, okay, Alex and Adi, you've, like, hung out with these people and you guys are their cows, so can you convince them to get inoculated? Um, so... Because now that we know that they're there, we're going to bother them all the time. We don't want to give them to see. <laughs> it's, it's like, I guess the idea. But now that they've discovered that people might know come out there. And, yeah. You know, we talked about that a little bit earlier. And so he's like, cool. Yeah, let me talk to people. And they're like, Nadia acts as a translator. And they talk to the chief and blah, 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 blah. They finally get all the tribe lined up to get inoculated. Um, and Alex and Avner and I are having this, like, Side conversation, just like literally, like, just before this is about to happen. Yeah. Like she has this, the dog with like the syringe ready to go, and they're like, "Hey, it's kind of, isn't it kind of weird that like, because okay, there's a subplot that we disregarded because there's a lot of shit going on in this book. But way back in the beginning, before they even go down the river, they overhear this conversation between these like two sort of like political military official people who like seem like really bad people. They've never been like caught doing anything, but they don't seem like great people. Mm-hmm. They're also like I think they're sort of like rich and powerful and influential. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting rich in like sort of this like poor village of the fringes of the Amazon, like so that's what are you doing that you're getting rich living in this place where everyone else is destitute? Right. Um, it also seems suspicious. And then we have this weird conversation about something about like I mean these people. Oh, that's how they figure out these people are nice places because they want to find like jewels. Right, they want, yeah, they want mineral. They're gonna get rich off of this somehow. Yep. And so they kind of like, sus- Alex and Nadia have suspected these people, but they still haven't figured out what exactly they're up to. And then they're like, oh my gosh, remember that like third person? They're like, why is, what's his name? Who seems like a holy person? Why does he care about vaccinating Indians? And that's when they're like, oh my god. What if the disease is really within the swim and not the vaccine? Right. So then they freak out and they stop them. And there's also some hints where they're like, oh, why don't you get vaccinated first to like show them it's not a bad idea? And like the guy that is like pushing the vaccine really hard, like, is like, I don't know. And they're like, are you just really scared of needles? They like move on. Or like Nadia volunteers to go first and they're like, no, it's maybe not. Um, so yeah, um, it turns out the vials are full of measles. Yeah, and this doctor lady, who has been, like, the nicest person. Yeah, I was cool. Is totally in on it. I guess she's in love with this guy who's horrible. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so she, yeah, they've just been, like, going around. And all these, you know, Indian populations that are around these places that have, like, valuable minerals or whatever mm-hmm. have just been, you know, dying of measles. Even though they've been vaccinated. Right, and she like talked about it. She was like, I hope we can get to this tribe before it's too late, you know? Because, like, this has happened multiple times where she's gotten there too late, and, like, they've gotten measles anyway, but it turns out she's just injecting them with measles. Yeah. So they stop that by, like, tackling them. They smash all the vaccines. There's, like, like... And this is where stuff starts to get out how, again, because then there's a fight between the people that are evil and the people that are just... Honestly, they are for international geographic. <laughs> They're just confused, mostly. <laughs> and some people die, some Indians die, yeah. some death. People get caught in Including the helicopter pilot. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Let's just wrap this up. Some of it, like, a couple other things happen, but, like, 
but the general guy doesn't die and he's still in control. Um, and then the beast comes and kills him. <laughs> That's and nice. Then, essentially. Because the beasts are really, really stinky when they want to be and it can paralyze <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> it's just makes them see it's fine, but it makes them see it. Anyway, they go home. <laughs> yeah, long story short, there's some other shit that happens after that, but really what happens is that everything's going to be fine-ish. Alexander has his water of life. Nadia's eggs are actually the biggest freaking diamonds in the whole freaking world. Um, and she's three of them. Yeah, so... She's supposed to bring it back to save the tribe, but the tribe gave it back to her because what she's actually supposed to do with them is they're supposed to use the money to set up, like, a nature preserve to yeah. preserve this tribe's land so, like, mineral rights don't get bought up and they don't get destroyed. Yeah, so it's all going to be great. But there's... In- and tell they go to Nepal, which why is not even in Nepal? I don't know, but that's where the sequel takes place. <laughs> yep. This is the beginning of the series. We're going to be reading it. We will be reading the next one. Oh my gosh, that's the book. There you go. It was confusing. I hope you sort of understood maybe parts of it. It was kind of like, like I understood. I mean, I didn't read any part of the back of the book or any summary before I started reading the book. Yeah. Michelle just told me this is what we were reading, and she's like, you should read it in Spanish. And I'm just like, I was mostly like, whatever. Kidding, slash. I mean, I wasn't like kidding, like, haha, this is hilarious. But I didn't know Katie Dictionary in Spanish. I literally thought she hadn't read it when I texted her last night. But she had. I didn't text her last night. I didn't know her. Whatever. So I contacted her. I read it in Spanish because we read a book in translation and we read it both ways. Great. You can't read it awesome. closely enough to like comment on the translation. So <laughs> glad you did that. I mean, I had like a couple questions. I was like, what if they translate such and such as? But that's irrelevant when they are in the original. Because then you just have to try and figure out what word you think they use in English. Yeah. I really wanted to read a book in translation though because only 3% of anything published in the United States is works in translation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like half of a percent of fiction. Like even less of fiction. So, mm-hmm. It's kind of our diverse book. July, we wanted to read something in translation, and this is what we got. And Paige didn't actually read in translation, but she read in Spanish. So it's an American author. That's true. And she's writing in American, she's Chilean, but Chilean mm-hmm. American. She's writing in America, but she wrote in Spanish. So, so oh. well, I wanted to read something else, but Paige did that one, so. I hope this one. I think because it was horrible. That was pretty good. It was about a kid who lived in the head of a statue of St. Anthony. Okay. That seems pretty cool to me. Obviously, you can see why he did it. I think he finds a lot of stuff because he doesn't have to I might make that part out because that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> we also have an extremely difficult time separating what we want things to be about <laughs> from what they literally are about. You might have noticed when we, read, we tell you about what we thought that we read on the back of it. Like, I glanced at this book and I made a whole story for it, and then I found out that wasn't what the book was. <laughs> um, this book was, like, started out very much what I thought it was going to be, but I felt like we had a lot of false summits. Like, we had a lot of, like, points where I was like, oh, we're reaching, like, the climax of the book, even though we're only like, 200 pages in. And then, like, the trajectory of the book would completely change, and now we're trying to save a group of Indians. Yeah, I mean, that was, so I didn't know background before I started this. And so I was sort of like taken aback from the beginning because like the mom had cancer and I was like, this is sad, I don't want to read this. Um, but then I was like, okay, okay, fine, they're going to the Amazon, they're going to find the beast. That seems straightforward enough. But then yeah, like this other stuff started happening and as we talked about the podcast, I didn't really understand why it was happening. You know, I didn't understand why these, why the kids got kidnapped. 
Wait. It was never explained what the purpose okay. the idea was there. Yeah. Did they just want to extend out the feet? Unlikely. <laughs> um, so I didn't understand that. Then, like, the shaman picks up the mountain and was just like, I don't know why we're doing this. Because someone else had a vision. They don't really understand the mythology behind the beasts. Yeah, I like, or what the powers were, like, something weird. I like felt like I understood like the plot events as they happened, but I was very confused about motives. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing. Like for me reading in Spanish, I'm just like, do I just not understand what's going on? That's always my feeling in Spanish. Is that maybe it's just all going over my head, and I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm missing the whole point. But no, like having talked about it now, like no, I think I, I think I understood what I read. Yeah. But it's the same. Like I understood the events that were happening. I didn't understand. What the idea, like why the motive and stuff, but I don't know what. Yeah, these Indians came to nap and make them climb up the waterfall. For what? For what possible reason? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's confusing as heck. Um, it wasn't bad. I didn't dislike it. I don't, I didn't really like it. I don't think I'd tell anyone else to read it. But it wasn't like. But some of the books we read actually. Dislike, like it had right. a negative reaction to. Yeah. This book was just like kind of confusing. I didn't feel like it had strong motives, which is like kind of disappointing. Um, but like, I guess it was like sort of fun to read. Parts of it weren't. That's what I was just, where I was just confused when I was talking, but like. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. Yeah, no, I didn't really dislike it. But I didn't like it either. Yeah. I just like, I guess I'm just completely neutral. I don't know what to think about it. Also, in the village, the people were missed. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of pets, supposedly. But some of the so called pets are freaking tame boa constrictors. Which is like a real thing that people like in the suburbs have as pets. Psycho people. People that sniff glue. Like, I, when I was in second grade, I took a poetry, like, I don't know what it was called. I want to call it intensive, but I don't think it was a poetry. Second graders. But like I took like a poetry class. Uh-huh. I guess you could call it. When I was in second grade, and our teacher had a bow constrictor, and she brought her in multiple times. Oh my god! And she would just like slither her into the floor while we were. Oh class. my god! One time we write poems about her. Her name was Lynn. Shit. But anyway, what the hell? Oh. You can't even bring. My college, my college made a rule like my senior year that like professors couldn't bring dogs on their campus because people had allergies. <gasps> that was like, not a rule at my campus. You think people can bring freaking boa constrictors to school? This isn't even college. This is at my elementary school. That's even freaking worse. I'm gonna be horrified. My advisor brought a dog in like all the time. Dog hours, not just class, but I can't imagine a, a worse situation than having a snake. Get a pug. I love pugs. His pug was kind of old and a little bit grumpy, but not like mean, just like when you're old and you're a dog, you just don't want to do a lot of things. <laughs> He's really cute though, and he helped me. It revised my thesis. I don't remember his name because I think he was in Portuguese. He does. My professor twice was from Brazil. And I think most of the Portuguese are in their house. There's some name or something. Also, all of his posts on Facebook about his son are in Portuguese, which Facebook kindly auto translates for me, which mostly makes sense. Interesting. Anyway, are we done with this? I think so. Okay. And then, oh, well. <laughs> oh, just well. kidding. Just okay, like the, the one note I have in the book. 
Okay. Whereas they did have an interesting point about um, like ideas of cultural progress being very um, like almost subjective. Yeah. Definitely like Western centric or whatever. Like the idea of like of these indigenous people are um, like less educated, less developed, less like advanced. Right. Because, um, you know, they don't have a wheel or whatever. But as I can just bring other points out, what the hell would it be useful wheel here? Like, it'd be completely useless. And, yeah, the idea is that, like, so many of our ideas of cultural progress, like, maybe they don't actually apply. Right. And also, do yeah. anyway. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like they've addressed that. I feel like there's a little bit of kind of romanticizing of pre-colonial tribal life. Uh-huh. Which it almost always is in the case, but... Yeah, like, I get it. Okay, like, I understand the the impulse behind people being right. like, we don't want, like, these people from outside the tribe to destroy their way of life. Right. At the same time, like, I know this might, like, I know I don't want to have to live that way. Okay. <laughs> Completely out on that. I don't yeah. know what else you have, but definitely. Yeah, I think while I did bring up some good points about like progress being a little relative, maybe it was not quite as nuanced as a discussion look into that as could be possible. Um, because I think there is a lot of nuance. Like, at what levels do we want to bring progress? Like, if we are talking about. Um, like a society that doesn't allow girls to go to school. Like, mm-hmm. is that okay? Because, like, that's their idea of yeah, they're normal. Or should we advocate for women to have an education everywhere? Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know. She, I, I think having uh, the point of being like, yeah, sometimes progress, the way we see it, is not fitting for a community is an important point to think about. But I also think that it's, like, a much more nuanced argument than was at all explored in this novel. Maybe because it's like basic basic instruction. It could have a lot to do with that actually. Um, no, but yeah, I agree because that's what I was thinking about also as I read the book, especially as like a teacher being like, okay, I can understand like we don't want to infringe on certain things, we don't want to destroy our life. We, you know, and especially maybe it's just because, again because of our like neo-colonial like romanticized ideas of like this untouched civilization, and right. I think we would be sad if they started drinking Coca Cola and having ice on, which is a sadness that maybe, like, is just purely their own, like, selfish, like, right. emotions and ideas. Okay. At the same time, like, I mean, I also, I just, I think, I think education is really important. Right. <laughs> um, and we can talk about what kind of education is, like, what do we mean by education, like, yeah. Is it, is it um, civics, U.S. civics and government? <laughs> Maybe <Right>. not. <laughs> um, <laughs> need to be learning how to Yeah, like, I don't know. But at the same time, I don't know what the answer is. Right, like, I, the opportunities for education, mm-hmm. health, like, providing better health care. So, like, 
I mean, they don't obviously talk about this, but like infant mortality rates in uh, societies without access to like hospitals or doctors are like significantly higher. And when we bring doctors into developing countries, like mortality rates go down, infant mortality rates go down. Like mm-hmm. that seems like a positive, a positive thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, of course, this really did seem like a children's book, and maybe that's not the place we're talking about infant mortality rates, but. There was, yeah, there was a lot going on already that maybe we didn't need the editing warning, as we saw that Michelle and I could barely handle what was already happening. Um, yeah, no. I um, So, one quick example that I just think is hilarious and like thumbs up this today in a bizarre way. So, I took a class on African cities in Prague, must be Well, African cities, development dreams and nightmares. Holly Hansen was in the course title like that. Anyway, with Holly Hansen. Holly Hansen. But she's great. She's super awesome. I love her. Do you not hold up? Yeah. Take a class with her. <laughs> she's awesome because I was freaking out when I was going to study abroad in Spain. Again, just tell her all my stories at this point. We're gonna get to a point sometime, but whatever, we just wanna talk to you guys. I don't care. <laughs> um I was going to study abroad in Spain and like the education department was having like a freaking fit about my history coursework because I was also trying to, you know, get a history license while not being a history major to take a bunch of history classes and they were throwing a fit about what could be considered a history course and like what was going to fit with a solution. Well, the history department was totally on board with what I come up with in, in like the Spanish classes in Spain. Um, the education department, who doesn't have any knowledge of history, they weren't on board. So you can see um, who might have more experience. Anyway, Holly Hansen was like, go to Spain, have a fabulous time. When you come back, I'll still be sure of the department. And I'll sign whatever piece of paper you want me to sign. Volume is great. <laughs> anyway, we I took this class with her on African cities and we watched this film where um there was women who were breaking rocks apart with other rocks. So they would like they have their like rock and they yeah. would just pound against other rocks. And just pound it into gravel, basically. And that was their job. And like they didn't have gloves, like they looked out in the sun, and they just were pounding rocks against other rocks. Um, and we saw them like you know like hit their fingers, and like there's like some blood, and like obviously this is not the job I think that most people anybody would like choose if they had options. Um, so then we we like it was a short job. Only about that, I think. We watched it, and then Holly's question was, so, like, what do we think these women need or could benefit from? And this girl in my class, who was an actual student, <laughs> um, five college jokes for you guys, um, who was, like, extremely, like, liberal, like, of the, like, the viewpoint that, um, like, we should never ever tell other culture that the people, like, anything about themselves, which in one case is, like, seems correct. On one hand, sometimes. But Holly asked this question about these women who are breaking rocks apart with other rocks. And she's this girl always in there, like, I'm just really uncomfortable telling like anyone these women like what they need because like that's not my place. And it's like like okay. And Holly was like, Okay, like I understand that, but at the same time these women are breaking rocks apart with rocks. Like with no gloves. And like you don't think they could benefit from anything. Which, yeah. That just seems ridiculous. I'm like, you yeah. don't even think gloves would be okay? 
You don't even think like some tools right. that weren't another rock. Right. Like, what about shade or like child care or like? I think there's anything. Well, I think not to bash that girl because I'm sure she was aggressive about her <laughs> opinion. But I think the larger idea behind that sort of opinion is that instead of just shipping in gloves, we should maybe just ask them what they would yeah, want. Right. Like, what are your biggest problems? Is the base problem shade? Is it child care? Or yeah. is it gloves? Like, mm-hmm. what would you prefer? Right. Um, rather than just being like, we can't help you. Because it's, we're in a position of power globally mm-hmm. because of the resources we have financially and the sway we hold in the international community. We're speaking as Americans right now. Um, and so to just be like, well, we want to tell them what to do. We'll, we'll wait till they come to us for help. It's also like a ridiculous position to take to be like, well, yeah. if they ask us, we'll get them some gloves. But until they say anything, we don't want to like interrupt their <laughs> like, yeah. No, like I get it. Like I understand like the idea behind it of like not telling other people about themselves, you know, especially as like, like a, a, with a white Western person, like right. telling other people, like when you don't even understand, right? Like I understand like, the idea behind it, but yeah, like the idea that like it's taken so far at some point where you're like these people breaking apart rocks and rocks with their bare hands, but that this seems like a science situation. Right. It seems like an undeniable situation to me. Right. <laughs> and also, and in that case, like most likely, those women would be able to like articulate something right. that would make their job easier. But I think there's also situations that become even more confusing in which maybe these women like let's talk about like the um i'm forgetting the letters but the cults that are sort of connected to the mormon church but the mormons are like these are not ours Um, yeah these women are like in horrible conditions often and like we just, just like, like baby making machines, but then if you talk to them, they would be like, no, I'm cool. And it becomes wow. like, yeah, that's really and like some of them, obviously, some of them, obviously, because we've heard stories of women that have escaped and mm-hmm. been like, this was not great. But some of them, you would, if you talk to them, they would be like, no, this is, this is what's supposed to be. This is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so at what point do we then, like, come in and say, like, no, this is, like, not okay? Yeah. I think it was like, like, easier. How much of it is like conditioned at that point? Right. Or we have it's issues hard by the same. Right. Like general mutilation, where like perhaps the women in the society feel like this is such an integral part of yeah, their society. Yeah. Like by women. Like, at what do we have? Do we have the authority, or should we even come in and stop those sorts of practices that seem to an outsider like maybe not but barbaric, like anyone else? Right. Outside of it. Yeah. No, it's definitely true that, like, you know, in natural disasters, you know, people ship off, like, I mean, there's lots of, like, you can name one, like, console examples of ways people get involved, so, like, the idea of, like, you know, the IMS and the World Bank, whatever, sort of, like, meddling in African affairs, that's actually um, letting people, like, run their own countries, and just sort of, like, telling them what to do, and maybe not actually having the best plan, or the idea of, like, you know, to, like, the Tyson and the Philippines, people, like, send you know, want to help, so they donate their clothes, but then they just send a bunch of, like, random shit, like Halloween costumes and prom dresses, and then you have, like, all this, like, random, completely useless stuff that gets shipped off to the Philippines, who's already, you know, like, trying to rebuild after disaster, and then you just ship 500 tons of, like, some it's okay, but, but like, just a lot of useless stuff, 
Looks like that's not what we needed. It's not helpful. It's a, it's a complicated problem. So I guess it's understandable why it wasn't fully addressed in this book. But yeah, just bring up some good points about it. It's trying to talk larger conversation. I guess if you have this, at the demo that you're supposed to be, which is, I assume, 13. Yeah. Which at that point I was not thinking about bundles. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah. I think we at that we wrap it up. Yeah, I think we've we've mined everything we have to get out of book. Mm-hmm. Right, so okay. The book we're gonna recommend is I mean I guess we, I mean ideally we'd like to recommend another like you know diverse book or a book set in Latin America or something, but we're not. <laughs> we are recommending to we're recommending a children's book, but it seemed to both of us seem very like similar and sort of like like theme and tone and the sense where we're we're whatever I'm bad at talking. We're recommending Island of the Aunts by Eva Abaxa, which is both the to both of us one of our favorite children's books. Um, it's been a while since last time I read it, but um, same sort of premise of like kids who end up in the care of adults who are like um, not your typical like parental figures. In this case, it's these three sisters who live on this like secret island and care for like mythical creatures. So these kids get to abandon their horrible families, go live on an island, and take care of seals, which is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, I would live in that book probably. Yeah. For in this book, I would for sure not. Oh my god, yeah. Like also, but I wouldn't have agreed. I would have stayed at like city one that they stopped at, like went to the hospital and the hotel in it. With the nuns. I'm not leaving the airport if there's any chance that snakes are. I'll hang out with the nuns. I'm going to hang out with the nuns in that one city with the hospital. Should the hospital, that word is usually city. I can't get with snakes. So. I'm okay with snakes, but. Um, like the paralyzing anxiety of thinking that a beast is coming to kill me every night, also, like having. I would gladly let some, like, a beast come kill me if it meant that. I wouldn't have to see a snake. So you have different anxieties. I'm not actually scared of these. I'm mostly scared of people. Like, not just in social situations. Yeah. I'm worried about, like, serial killers, people oh, straight yeah. into my house and killing me. Yeah, like, masters. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to add There you go. It's great. Mythical-ish. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah. Good illustrations. Yeah. Good book all around. Um, so, yeah. So then on a scale of um, the... The South Platte River. You cross that on the open pole from what I understand from Wikipedia. Um, to the Amazon, you get this book. The Colorado River. Yeah. We it's an interesting river. We don't know what this is about. Water rights. Getting crazy. Also, Las Vegas is taking all of our water. So Las Vegas shouldn't exist. Everyone takes all of their water. All these people in the desert. Phoenix, Las Vegas. All these people that don't have any damn water of their own and put a freaking water feature on every corner. Yeah, Las Vegas, filming water features. Phoenix, too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Cut it full. Golf and courses. Like, beautiful golf courses. You know how much water it takes? A lot. Anyway, okay. Next week, we're not going to write book much. It's going to be shorter. I don't know book for next week, but it's fine. Um, I don't write it next week. Yeah. <laughs>